It's been a while since we've done one of these, dude. This is barbecue. Yeah, you want some? Yeah, it's been. What's the deal with that? I think we had to take time off because we were doing like a movie or whatever. I feel like I would have remembered that. What was it called? The Focal? The Resident? Starring uh, that guy? The Local. The Local. That's what it was called. Local. Yeah. I. That was you? That was me, yeah. Huh. Yeah, dude, you were there like the whole time. Yeah. We <laughs> were roommates for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, but you know, now that's over, we're back doing shows now. Yes, the Movie Nights podcast. No, no. There's a new title, sir. The Movie Nights show. No, another new title. Will you make up your mind? <laughs> Ready for this one? Lay it on me. The Movie Nights Roundtable. Because nights of the round tit. This is a rectangle. Yeah, but the edges are rounded, you see. And it's more of the hypothetical of the round table and what that represents. Like they say at NASA. Good enough. <laughs> Damn it. Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I am Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movie and entertainment news. Welcome to the Movie Nights Roundtable. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the new title of our show because it sounds awesome. And while the, te- the table may look rectangular, I made sure that the edges were rounded so that it technically counts. Besides, roundtable is more spiritual for in terms of opinion, not physical roundtable. You know what I mean? So we don't just have like a all-out fist fist fight on the show. Exactly. Yeah, that was yeah. a good intro. You practiced that in the mirror today. But yeah, so <laughs> I just practiced and all that. You know what I mean? That's fair. You've done, you've done this before. I know, it's not my first. You've been around here. the block. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for the sure. Round block or table. So we have a lot to cover on today's show. Um, mostly, we're going to talk about the box office with Suicide Squad and Black Widow and Free Guy, and compare how the day and date theatrical releases are working, not working. And we're also going to talk about a few other things. Um, first, we're going to go with news that dropped today. We're recording this Wednesday. Uh, you like Anthony Mackie? I have been known to to enjoy Anthony Mackie's on screen and off screen presence. Yes, and you have. Let's say. You enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The sh- I did watch series. the show and enjoy it, yes. Yes, same. Well, news broke a few months ago that the uh, showrunner of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to be writing Captain America 4. Well, today, Anthony Mackie has officially closed the deal to star in Captain America 4. This comes to us from Deadline. Uh, Anthony Mackie has closed the deal to carry the shield and his first superhero picture in Captain America 4, sources say. Kevin Feige's Marvel Studios keeps its details well under wraps, and it isn't clear whether the movie will involve Sebastian Stan, who starred with Mackie in the well-received Disney Plus limited series, The Falcon and the Winter Hopefully Soldier. Yeah, I, I yep. hope so, too. I love their dynamic. Um, it basically just goes on to say that it's going to be a vehicle for Mackie's Captain America, but it also goes on to say that um, it confirms that it's being scripted by The Falcon and the Winter Soldier head writer Malcolm Spellman, along with series staff writer Delon Musan. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, however, it does say this is not believed to be the top-secret project tipped by my colleague Justin Kroll that might bring back Chris Evans, because Deadline did break a few months back that Chris Evans was going to return for one or two smaller roles 
apparently really tight-lipped stuff, hmm. according to the article. But uh, basically, what are your thoughts on Anthony Mackie officially closing the deal to do a fourth Captain America, and are you excited about it? A few thoughts on that, actually. One, um, I remember that article coming out a while back about the writer being announced to come back, and quite honestly, I thought it was implied that it would involve Anthony Mackie. Yeah, that, right. that, that that was being reported. It it's would like be weird if it didn't. Hey, we're making Captain America four, and the person who wrote the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is is writing it. I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Anthony Mackie as Captain America. His show it dropped like after the finale of the yeah. show. Yeah, it was was there some was it gonna be another Captain America? Was it gonna be Chris Evans? I was like, I just assumed it was Mackie, but I guess now we have the confirmation. Yeah, I'm excited for it though. I hope that you know we get some of the characters that we we like. You know, uh, Sebastian Stan. As uh, Bucky, he's, you know, their dynamic works very well together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they did set up, um, I don't remember the character specifically, but the the next Falcon. So maybe that's where we see him pop up. Maybe, maybe. he comes in as that role because uh-huh. they did tease that up in the finale. But overall, I'm looking forward. Do they have a release date for it? Because there's nothing talking about when the movie is going to possibly film. Uh, I, I anticipate an official announcement from Marvel mm-hmm. and Disney within the next couple of months probably yeah whenever they do another event where they announce you know projects plans moving forward and yeah they'll say that but uh but yeah i'm personally really excited about it i liked falcon and the winter soldier i um it was my least favorite of the three live action disney plus shows so far Mm -hmm. but i still thought it was good and i i'm glad that they're continuing the lead writer because i think that story can carry over well and you can have a really fun story with Anthony Mackie with the official title of Captain America. Maybe even Wyatt Russell plays into it somehow. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. But um, I think it's a good idea. I hope that it kind of, you know, has that same Winter Soldier feel that the first couple episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier had. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what they can do with it. But I'm personally really excited about it. Do you think that's where we see the return of, like, Sharon Carter and her plan or uh, Valentina... Allegra de yeah. Fontaine, Julia Louise yeah. Dreyfus's character. Do you think that's where we start seeing that building toward, or do you uh, think that's for something? Maybe uh, down I, the line. I think just as we see more projects, we're going to see those characters build. Mm-hmm. I think in Hawkeye, especially, we'll see some stuff going on there. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, we'll see. That's a, a good possibility. You know, maybe even uh, Zemo comes back. Hopefully, because I could always use some more Zemo. Of course, who couldn't? Right, but uh, but yeah, no, it's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, segways are weird. Moving on to our next story. Recently, they have two wheels typically. Segway. Do they? I think so, right? That's what Paul Blart writes. Is uh, there are two wheels, aren't there? Yeah. I thought it was a uni. On to our next subject. A uni way. <laughs> a uni way. <laughs> no, uh, on to our next subject. Um, recently, as we know, um, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney over profit rights for Black Widow, and in, mm-hmm. in that. She claims that she was promised an exclusive theatrical release. Disney says never said exclusive, but she has emails from people saying that it would be exclusive and the contract was signed like three years ago when that was obviously the standard and they didn't adjust her compensation for the day and date release on Disney+. Plus. Well, right after that, we then heard that other Disney people have started to consider lawsuits, one of mm-hmm. those people being Emma Stone. Well, that kind of all got sent under the rug when out of nowhere, Emma Stone made a deal to star in Corella 2. And Hollywood Reporter came out with a story today. What timing. Or yesterday, talking about what happened with that deal and how she used the potential, I might sue you, to sort mm-hmm. of land the new deal. 
So I'm going to read verbatim again here. This is from The Hollywood Reporter. Sources tell THR that Emma Stone scored a low eight-figure payday for a sequel to Corella, which was released on May 28th in both theaters and Disney Plus via Premiere Access. One big unknown, it's unclear what the profit participation structure is for the sequel. Disney declined to comment. However, on Endeavor's August 16th earnings call, President Mark Shapiro referenced the Corella 2 deal, adding that for its WME division clients, that's the agency that she works for, Mm -hmm. we are getting the front end for our clients for movies and TV, like we always get, and increasingly we are getting the back end bought out, the Netflix model. So what that tells us is it's implied that they made some sort of deal that, you know, this is what the movie can potentially make at the box office, but if you're going to put it on Disney Plus again... This is what you should pay me. So they just kind of go off projections then? Basically. Uh, it mm-hmm. goes on to say, according to sources, Stone received an upfront fee of $8 million for the first Corella, which marked a career high for her. The studio was high on the movie as, as it was shot in 2019, mm-hmm. but in 2020 when the movie was post-production and the world was thrown into the chaos of the pandemic, sources say Disney leaned toward releasing the movie only on Disney+, Plus, a scenario in which the studio would have been required to make buyout payments. But since they did day and date, they technically didn't have to, at least... That's their line of thinking, which they also did with Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. But the hybrid release from Disney left the actress and others involved in the back-end bonus deals at a disadvantage. Any streaming opening could impact theatrical box office, meaning bonus benchmarks, which usually begin around 500 million threshold, depending on the deal, may not be a hit. But both Stone and the movie's players were under contracts for a film made for theatrical distribution. So you see how all of that kind of gets thrown up into the air. Mm-hmm. And especially with, I thought Corella was a great movie. To be honest with you, it I, re- was, I really it was enjoyed really, it. Really, really good. And I didn't, I didn't expect to like it that much. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really well done. And um, you know, with Craig, it, Craig Gillespie, Gillespie, Gillespie yeah, yeah, he did I Tanya. Mm-hmm. And you know, an eight-figure payday again. I, she's happy. You know, <laughs> so get paid. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of stars with these big studios being able to ne- have more negotiating power in that, hey, if you're going to put this on streaming and you're going to screw me out of my, you know, box office deal, mm-hmm. we got to come up with a new agreement. And other than going the, you know, the suing route like Scarlett Johansson, which don't be surprised if more people do. Because yeah. I think that how that lawsuit goes is going to really determine a lot of how deals are made in the industry going forward. Mm-hmm. But I want to get your thoughts on a Corella 2 suddenly happening with Emma Stone using that negotiating power for her salary. Was it a smart move? Are you excited for the sequel? And do you see this as a win both financially for Emma Stone and from a artistic standpoint for a sequel being made to that film in the first place? I believe in you, dude. <laughs> I'm just trying to collect my <laughs> thoughts. We can cut. No, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought that it was a very unique take on the character. I thought it was very stylistic. Mm-hmm. I really liked all the needle drop moments in it. The soundtrack was fantastic. The performances were all really well done, especially um, uh, the two henchmen. I don't remember the actors' names that played them. Um, I thought they were hysterical and they I kind of like the whole concept of like you know Cruella would be one thing but then there was like another Cruella before Cruella you know like bigger fish kind of thing yeah and I think my concern for a sequel would just be that it just then is 101 Dalmatians yeah right because they they did set up in at the end of the movie you know the two main 
characters, the adults from 101 Dalmatians get the puppies. So it's kind of like, does it, is a sequel just 101 Dalmatians just a reimagining then? Or is it like some weird thing where they're puppies, but they don't have the 101 Dalmatians yet? And what the story is from there and how those interact from it, I think from a financial standpoint, I mean, I don't know the numbers. Was it financially successful with the day and date model? We're going to bring that up a little bit more when we get into the box office stuff, but uh-huh. it didn't do great for mm-hmm. either box office or premiere, mm-hmm. actually. Like, it was actually a dud, but it was so critically well-received, which was not anticipated, Yeah, that sequels talks started happening, especially sequel talks for a potential straight-to-Disney Plus sequel. Oh, so that one would just be confirmed, like... They're working that out, but that was the initial idea when the mm-hmm. sequel was being tossed around. Because they kind of just were like, oh, we'll see how this does, and if it does well, then maybe we could throw some more money at it. But I think, I guess with the Emma Stone thing, it kind of probably put a pedal to it to make it happen faster. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, what if we give you a sequel? Now now I'm curious now if it'll actually be on Disney+, Plus or if it'll be only theatrical based on how that is and what the deal is. Also, I hope that Craig uh, Gillespie returns. Yes. No, I really hope he does, yeah. too. He, I thought he did a great job with that mm-hmm. movie, and I think he's a fantastic filmmaker. Yes. Moving on to the main topic of today, what's the deal with the box office? What's the deal with the box office? Thank you very much for doing that. Jerry Seinfeld. Um, basically, what I wanted to get into was there's a really interesting thing going on with deter- determining how successful a movie is now, because it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It used to just be solely on box office with a little bit of critical reception. Now... With day and date releases and with you know the pandemic still going on, it's that hard. Thing, yeah, it's hard. To, <laughs> it's hard to determine if a movie is successful or not because it used to just be what was the budget? Did it make at least two and a half times that budget to cover for marketing costs? Mm-hmm. If it did so, it was successful. If not, it was a flop. That's just kind of how it was. Now it's a whole other thing, especially because studios are being very close to the vest with numbers and how they're working. So. I wanted to do a little research and talk about how the day and date release isn't working as well as people hope it is. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, trying to figure out if, in hindsight, it was a mistake. And what good it did with Warner Brothers and HBO Max, Disney and Disney Plus Premier Access, and with theater only. So, let's take a look at a couple of things. First, we're going to look at Black Widow, okay. which came out in July. Mm-hmm. Black Widow opened to 80 million dollars okay plus i believe 60 on disney plus premiere access but it should be noted Mm -hmm. it should be noted that that was the first time disney ever publicly released the disney plus premiere access numbers on a movie Mm -hmm. they didn't do it for jungle cruise that just came out they didn't do it for corella they didn't do it for raya and the last dragon and they didn't do it for mulan okay which is just an industry sign that the numbers were not very good. Mm-hmm. And they touted that, but then here's what happened. Normally, an average drop for a movie in percentage is about 55%. Like, okay. like pre-COVID, you'd make a certain amount of money, and then you'd make 55% less your second weekend. Okay. That's a good, healthy drop. So if it drops even less, it's like fantastic. Yeah, and in some cases, like The Greatest Showman, it goes up. Just because word of mouth, low budget, low openings, mm-hmm. it'll happen. The bigger your movie opens, the more it will drop, though. Black Widow in its second weekend dropped 67%. Okay. And made $25 million in its second weekend. 
Disney did not release the premiere access numbers for the second weekend. Mm-hmm. So basically... It was one guy. <laughs> basically, <laughs> the trend that we're seeing is, well, a lot of people were worried going into the year of the pandemic mm-hmm. that people weren't going to go to the movies. That's not the case. It seems that the case is they're not going to the movies for their second viewing. They're watching it at home. Mm-hmm. Which will be more apparent with the Suicide Squad, which I'll show you in a second. Yeah. Now... Disney Plus, the Black Widow situation has had more success because you have to pay that thirty extra $30 to watch it, which yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense. You want me to pay a thing that's more expensive than the movie theater, and I don't get the experience of the movie theater. I just sit in my fucking house, which I do every day. It's cheaper yeah. to see it on the big screen. Yeah, I feel like that's more conducive for uh, families of yeah. four where it's yeah. like, okay, I could spend $150 At to buy or, four tickets, yeah. popcorn, soda, candy, mm-hmm. snacks have to leave try to organize the kids and all mm-hmm. that where it's like i could spend 30 dollars and i don't have to leave and i can yeah. order his pizza that's an excellent point yeah but also there's going to be people like if theaters weren't open here i would call all of my friends yeah all you know maybe even up to like 16 people mm-hmm. and say hey i just got black widow you want to chip in and come watch it yeah and that's 16 tickets that aren't getting sold yeah like if i was living alone and had no friends and they told me black widow was thirty dollars yeah. i'd be like i guess i'm not seeing black widow yeah yeah and just just out of the like the sheer anger of it which is why that second weekend those numbers yeah weren't nearly as good as because everyone had already bought it and from what i understand if you buy something on premiere access you keep it you can keep it for a little bit okay or at least for a certain period of time mm-hmm. now with the suicide squad which it is also day and date, except this one's on HBO Max, which you don't have to pay an extra fee. You just have to pay the monthly fee of whatever HBO Max is. Mm-hmm. I believe it's like $15 a month or something. I should just look at my statement. <laughs> See, how are they How are they determining in that instance how much is... Like, how can they attribute a number to the Suicide Squad on HBO Max when it's just based on the subscription? They see how many people signed up within 72 hours of the release okay and then they see if there are any cancellations after and then they just attribute that to the movie specifically and they and well basically it's not necessarily a monetary number it's a oh this is how many people were interested in the movie and this is how many people only signed up to watch the movie Mm -hmm. and it just kind of gives them an idea of had they not done this how successful could it have been the movie would have been yes okay now, but here's the bad thing for Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, with a budget of... Black Widow's budget was $200 million, by the way. Suicide Squad's budget, $185 million. Okay. It opened at $26 million. Pandemic, right? And mm-hmm. HBO Max. Yeah. It's second weekend. What's a standard opening weekend? like For the pandemic... Just in general, so like if if Suicide Squad for a movie like Suicide Squad, yeah, like a big com- big budget comic book, plus movie. or minus twenty million of a hundred. Okay, but it's rated R, so I would even say plus or minus twenty million of eighty. Mm-hmm. So like Black Widow pre-pandemic yeah. would have made over a hundred million opening weekend easy. So opening weekend is where they, they get like eighty percent of their money back, seventy-five, eighty percent of their money back. Yeah. So for it to be a hundred and eighty-five million dollar movie to only make twenty-six million is, and that's now, not even at marketing. That's yes. just making the movie. Now here's the sad thing: mm-hmm. to prove that people are doing their second viewings at home and not at the theater, mm-hmm. 
Suicide Squad dropped 71% and made $7 million in its second weekend. Seven, so you said average was like 55 is like, all right, that's pretty good. Dropped 71 and it's easier to access at home for multiple viewings because you don't even have to pay an extra premium past the HBO Max subscription price. Yeah. Which I think in hindsight, Warner Brothers has to be kicking themselves in the ass over that decision for the whole 2021 being HBO Max day and date. Because like I yeah. could have even seen like the first four months. Mm. And take it on like a monthly basis. Because you know they started to regret that decision because it seemed like a good decision for like January, February, March mm-hmm. because movies were doing okay. It was Box like Godzilla office. versus Kong and you got but all those. Yeah, that's the one where they felt stupid because mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong made decent money at the worldwide box office, but it also made a lot of money HBO Max-wise in terms of subscriptions. And if you calculate how many people signed up and turn that into box office numbers... It could have easily... Now, the argument there is, well, they prefer the HBO Max numbers because they don't have to split that with theaters and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, they don't have to split that money, but it's still less money. Yeah. Like, what would you rather have? Selling your own flower for $75 or someone saying, hey, let me sell your flower for $500 and I'll give you $250. Mm-hmm. You're sharing the money. But you're still getting more money. Yeah, you're making a lot more. So sharing it doesn't matter if you're still going to make more when you share. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think that that's kind of a dead argument for people saying, oh, they... Now, I think the goal is they do want to make more money via... Their d- own, direct, yeah. Direct to consumer. But they're not quite there yet. And I think that this proves that. And here's why I want to bring up Free Guy. And we can't really talk about Free Guy that much just yet. Mm-hmm. But here's what I want to say. Hold on. Can I can I finish up a point on Suicide yes, Squad? Yes, you can. I apologize. No, no, you're good. It. So with how these numbers are working and everything, mm-hmm. are studios less? Are studios more like are are they looking at strictly numbers? So like Suicide Squad is considered a flop because of the money. But are they taking into account the pandemic? Yes. Are they taking into account the critical reception? So All let's kinds say, of stuff. Let's say a movie they're taking into out. account the fact that the first Suicide Squad movie was very critically poor received. Mm-hmm. They're taking all of that into account. So let's say in a, I'll use Free Guy as an example, and I know that there's already talks of a sequel. Mm-hmm. But let's say that because that one's just theatrical only, right? Yes. So let's say they did the theatrical and the premiere access, and it did poorly on that, right? And it made, like, let's say it made okay numbers, like Suicide. Like, let's say it had the same opening as Suicide Squad, 26 million, 70% drop-off, right? But it's being very well-received by the people that have seen it. Are they going to be disinterested because they're going to be like, well, that didn't make any money? Or they'd be like, well, by the time we come up the sequel, people are liking it, so we have the opportunity to market it more once it's theatrical only and try to make up that plus what we did. Because if that's, mm-hmm. I mean, Jumanji almost made a billion dollars, yeah. the first one, so they could do Free Guy 2, and if people want to see it and it's a fully-fledged theatrical yeah. box office, they no, could make I, their money back for both yeah, of them. No, I, I, think, I think that's what you're going to start seeing. You're going to start uh-huh. seeing them do sequels to things that were well-received, got a lot of attention, but not necessarily the money because of the other avenues of watching things. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, like that's why you're probably not going to see a Mulan 2 because not only was it critically not well, yeah. it also didn't do very well premiere access-wise. I think I'm most interested in new words. <laughs> I think I am most interested to see the aftermath of Dune. 
I am too. Because I think really, that really, I think that Dune is like was a big, probably their biggest budget thing that they're releasing on HBO Max. Yeah, and there, there was actually they tried to get that not on HBO Max for a while. They tried really? uh, Legendary Pictures and mm-hmm. Denis Villeneuve tried to get that to be the one exception, but it didn't yeah. work. I mean, I'm probably gonna go see it at the theater. Absolutely, but I feel like that's I feel like Dune does not have the same box office appeal as like a suicide uh, uh, a black widow mm-hmm. a big con because it's like people who've either seen the original or read the books like i don't think it has the curbside appeal of just the general audience yeah it might because it does look good and i think they marketed it well to kind of try to encapsulate everyone but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably a big budget movie that is like i could see more people going to see the suicide squad versus dude yeah but also just on a general like having audience. that at home option Yes. Can help people watch it. Yes. And more pe- the more people that watch it, the more likely it is that they will see that as a backwards victory mm-hmm. when compared to box office numbers. Because then the people might go see the next one, part two, or yeah. uh, it's a book series, right? It's not just one. It's a book series, but I believe I believe I could be wrong. I believe they're splitting the first book in half. So it's a book series, but this Dune is the first half of the first book. Yes. Oh, they're gonna milk this. Yes. I hope it's good. I hope so too. <laughs> and uh but yeah, I'm really yeah. I'm really curious to I see feel like that's how that's the, gonna go down. Yeah. But for the reason why I want to bring up Free Guy. Yes. Sorry. Is because it's okay. It's because Free Guy is a theatrical only film. hmm Free Guy's budget, it's not listed here. I want to say it's just just north of a hundred million. Opening weekend box office, twenty eight million. Not great, but there are a couple things to consider. 120 million, you said? No, I say north of 100. North of 100, okay. But the weekend, the opening weekend was 28 million. Mm-hmm. Not great. But a couple things to consider. One, it made more than Suicide Squad. Yeah. Two, it is a non IP movie. It is a completely original film. Yes, it does have Ryan Reynolds. This was very marketable. Mm-hmm. But the movie star is kind of dead. Like, not a lot of people go see movies just because someone's in them. There are very few exceptions. Yet they feel the need to make every poster highlight the actors and not the concept. Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> um, you know what's a great poster? The Logan one on Dalton's screen right now. Yes. You know who's not on that poster? Not a name. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. No, uh, but a couple things to consider here is one, it's not based on any IP. Uh-huh. It's an original movie. It's theatrical only. Mm-hmm. So here's the test. We haven't reached the second weekend of Free Guy yet. That'll be this weekend. That'll be this weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have a lot of movies coming out this weekend. We have um, The Protégé, Night House, and Paw Patrol. And I assume Paw Patrol will do well because it's a kid's movie. Now, I hope Paw Patrol is the most successful movie in the summer. So just too. off of yeah. <laughs> No, but um, uh, Don't Breathe 2 also came out the weekend with Free Guy, and it made, oh, yeah, that's it right. made $10 million. And I'm sure that's much lower budgeted. So I'm sure that that's It probably made its budget back win. in reality. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but um, but even then, which which basically means the box office weekend that weekend made thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Not bad for two movies. I mean, one's a sequel, but the first one it wasn't like it was a gigantic hit. Yeah. Now, the real test is going to be next Wednesday is when we'll come back to this and see what the real deal with the box office is, mm-hmm. because this will determine if theatrical only is the way to go. If Free Guy drops only 55% mm-hmm. or 
less than that because of the insane word of mouth that this movie is getting. You're going to see a lot of people pull back on day and date releases. Yeah. Now, if it doesn't do all that well, there's still the Shang-Chi of it all coming out in September 2nd, which is theatrical only. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a prediction on the show. What a fun little experiment. Yeah, right? Oh, God. Bob, <laughs> Bob Chapek. <laughs> Me and the homies hate Bob Chapek. <laughs> no, but... uh. Uh, now I'm thinking about him. I really do hate him. I hope that they we can skip over that. <laughs> I hope that they. I hope that they get him out. I hope that Bob Iger holds a chairman of the board meeting and is like, "Let's throw this fucking guy out of here." <laughs> and then Bob Chapek goes on a Willem Dafoe rant, like, <laughs> "This is my company. You can't kick me out. You know how much I've sacrificed, Peter. It's me." <laughs> Jesus, no, but um, you know, I'm something of the scientist myself. <laughs> No, but going back to it, I, I think that Shang-Chi, I'm going to make a prediction right now for the show, and I could be dead wrong about this. I could Exclusive. Be, I could be horrifically wrong because mm-hmm. the Delta variant, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of people, because like for a while there, like two or three months ago, movie going was doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say it. Shang-Chi will be the first pandemic release to open north of $100 million. Yeah. If not, I got my eyes on Venom. Maybe. Venom. Because I think Eternals is, isn't going to open great. I it, feel like a lot of people are going to be skeptical about Eternals because it's very different. And then I feel like once people are like, yeah, oh, oh. Are like, oh, it's like in a fantastic movie, then yeah. yeah. Or if Shang-Chi is really great, maybe that'll Which help that's, Eternals. The early buzz has been early saying buzz, it's yeah. fantastic. I mean, if Spider-Man comes out in December. Done. Over 100, yeah, for sure. But... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Spider-Man, only pandemic movie to make a billion. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Shang-Chi is going to cross $100 million opening weekend. Yeah. I'm going to... It's It's honestly... I don't even think it will happen. I just want it to happen so bad. Like, mm-hmm. I just want a box office win, you know? I feel like that's all... Because, like, I guess I guess Marvel does have more of a... Like, Suicide Squad had a Black lot Widow, fighting against it. Black Widow with Premiere Access yeah. got 80. So people might go and... But it was also the first Marvel movie in two years. But you're also running the risk. Of, well, I guess Marvel fans are enough to like pull because Scarlett Johansson does have the appeal. So maybe someone who's not like a Marvel person who's like, oh, Scarlett Johansson has a movie. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Shang-Chi is a lesser known comic yeah. character, which I'm very excited for the movie. I think the trailers and everything that I've read about it so far is fantastic. But I feel like that might be a hindrance on trying to get curbside appeal on it. Yeah, no, I, we'll see. And, we'll see. you know, next next week when we come back and if we, with how Free Guy does, that's going to be the real test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's the deal with the box office? All kinds of shit. We don't know if we're going to see. What we do know is that AMC and Warner Brothers have reached a 45-day theatrical window exclusive deal for 2022. So that HBO Max thing isn't going to be a thing next year, which they did say, but we were skeptical on believing them. And what would the typical... It used to be 90 days. So, 2022, the Batman comes out. It, will it be is in theaters for 45 days. Or gar- guaranteed 45 days. Guaranteed in theaters for if 45 days. If it does days. poorly, which it won't, mm-hmm. they can pull it right at 45. Yeah. If it does well, they can... How long it. are movies typically in in theaters? Free pandemic, 90 days. Really? And it was 90, and well, basically pre-pandemic, it was 
you could not take your movie from theaters to on demand mm-hmm. for 90 days. Regardless, like they could take it out after a week if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, that was for... the deal with the theaters. Okay, so now Batman Day 45 or Day 46 could if go it, right on to HBO Max if they want. If it wanted to. If they want to. If it's still making money, why would they? Leave it out. Correct. Yeah, wait till it to pitter-patter and then... Mm-hmm. Hell, my theater played Get Out for like five months. Really? Oh, wow. It just Every night we were selling out. I feel like that one had a lot of word of when mouth it on it. On, so it was like... When it came out on Blu-ray, we still played it. Like, oh, wow. And we would still make money. Like, it was mm-hmm. insane. Because the longer movies in theaters, the more percentage the theater gets of the ticket sales. So by the end, you were making 90% of we the were ticket sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of that. But, yeah. No, it's it's crazy like that. So we'll see mm-hmm. um, how quickly. What I am curious about, I don't think that Disney and Warner Brothers will... Well, Disney, I don't think they're going to do any more Premier Access movies. Mm-hmm. Unless Shang-Chi fails miserably, which mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, I feel bad for Warner Brothers and HBO Max because you can't go back on your decision. Yeah, they have to write it out. For they the rest have of to year. write it out. Which I don't think they have. They have Dune. But the Matrix have... Four. The Matrix Four comes out this year. When's that come out? December. There's no trailer for that either. Sony making. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize the Matrix was coming. Ooh. Yeah, and it's ooh. It's gonna be one of those things, dude. I, ooh. I mean, I feel bad. I'm. I like it from an audience. <laughs> I like to be able to rewatch things quickly, just for scenes that I like. So mm-hmm. I like that. Like I. But that just proves the point that people are rewatching things. At yes, home. exactly. Like I would have seen Suicide Squad mm-hmm. in theaters the same week again, probably. Yeah. But instead, I, I went home too. and I kept watching the clips that I like, and then I watched it. You know what I did see twice because it was mm-hmm. theatrical only. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, nobody was a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as the pandemic gets better, which hopefully it will, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a return to form to movie theaters. I think we're going to see a return to form of movies not being available day and date. But I, I Matrix think, will be in theaters, though. Yeah. Okay. I think that the studio wanted the day and date releases to be a lot more successful than they were mm-hmm. because they want to cut out the middleman of the theater mm-hmm. and just be able to make money directly from the consumer. Like I mentioned earlier, they don't want to share profits. Yeah. But I think that with Godzilla vs. Kong... I mean, it seems Black like the Widow, money's still in With the Black theaters. Widow, yeah. people want to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. They just need the reason and the safety. So, we'll see. And more, and people are more <laughs> likely to go if you take away the option of having it at home. Yeah. And I, here's a question for you. Since HBO Max is not doing um, day and date next year, mm-hmm. will they drop the subscription price next year? Because think about it like this. If you're an HBO Max subscriber for $15 a month, you're getting brand new movies the same day in your home. Mm-hmm. Now you're not. You still going to pay $15 a month? <laughs> That's a good, yeah. I think they just need to drop it to like 10 The thing is, I don't know if they will. They should. They should, but. But here's the thing. Yeah. What they should have done was raise the price in like February. Yeah. To like 20 And then after this year, drop it back down. Yeah, but they didn't do that, and I feel like just just stick like with gonna, us this year. Everyone's getting it for twenty this year. I feel year. like they're going to lose subscribers come January. Yeah, and then I mean they have a really good database. 
They do. They have a, they it's have a, a great, sol- it's, it's a, a really good. Service. It's a really strong it's service. It's a really good yeah. service. The app sucks, but it's a great service. The app sucks, and the the rewind and fast forward is <laughs> aggravating to no end. It is. But but like the the movies on there, really, yeah, it's a really, great library, really great library. Now the shit constantly changes. They shouldn't have launched it when they launched it because they didn't have the licensing yeah. for everything, and it was a nightmare. And then there was like random posters. It's like, oh, you'd like to watch this, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, not gonna happen. Yeah, but, but here's, yeah, here's my question. I have a box office question for you. box office question. Let's go. Venom one. Venom one. Did that make a billion? Venom's worldwide gross eight hundred and fifty six million dollars. Holy crap! So hold, so on, hold on, how much did Spider-Man: Homecoming make? So like, sequels typically, if they're good, do they typically do better at the box office? Yes and no. So like, would Venom to Venom Let There Be Carnage have the chance to tip the billion? Yeah, if it was pre if it was pre pandemic pre pandemic, you think clear shot billion dollars? Right, Homecoming made eight eighty, so it did make more, but mm. yeah, I love that Venom was such a big hit. <laughs> I hope the second one's good. I didn't love the first one. I loved Tom Hardy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. I mean, Andy Serkis and Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I don't. I just, I don't know what the plot is. The trailers Carnage, have given. Carnage, bro. The car, the, that's it. Carnage is just there fucking shit up and everyone's that, like, oh. That's well. all you need to know. I mean, I'm there for it. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's all the topics I had today, my guy. How'd we do? We did okay. You yeah. Know, uh, sorry that you know we're gonna be getting better setups and stuff as we go. Mm-hmm. You can't see the full office. I promise it looks so cool, and I don't have my phone panels up yet, so there's gonna be sound issues, visual issues. There'll be all kinds of fucking issues until we get sh- our shit together. But we'll get there. But one day we will. And the shows are back, and that's what is important. Um, the reason why we weren't filming shows is because we were making a little little movie. A little movie? Called uh, The Local Short Film, which is now out on Vimeo On Demand and on the Google Play Store. It'll be on Apple TV. Before August 25th, they emailed me. Finally. Yes. Check it out. And it's uh, a good one. I'll leave links to where it is available in the description below. And when it comes out on Apple, I won't shut the fuck up about it. So you'll see it there. Mm-hmm. Nick, Naturally. is there anything you want to say to the people? Follow the Movie Nights social media, specifically our TikTok. Yes. Uh, is, it, is it movie underscore nights? I think it's just at movie nights. I don't know where my phone is. Yeah. Follow our TikTok. What is our TikTok? <laughs> yep. Hold on. Sorry, I didn't I didn't come prepared. Our TikTok is Oh, it's just movie nights. There we go. That's it. At movie nights, all lowercase. Look for our logo With and look for my dumb face. My dumb face. Now your beautiful face. My okay. my average face. <laughs> His Italian face. Nights is spelled with a K because we think we're clever. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.